0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the potential for evil that lies with the tongue.
1: Proverbs 26, 28 says, A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. How many people have been destroyed by the tongue, by the mouth, because of envy, greed, jealousy, whatever, you fill in the blank. It seems so good to them, but the end is a way
0: of death. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The first public act of Absalom was the blood revenge he executed against Amnon, his half-brother, for abusing his sister Tamar. And though Absalom was of royal descent by both his mother as well as his father, he began to aspire to the throne somewhat well before his time. But as this take-charge attitude was becoming a pattern in his life, it eventually became his undoing in the end. And coming up, Pastor Xavier observed several destructive characteristics that mark the personality of one who seeks to divide the church from within the body of believers. Let's listen.
1: The message entitled, Beware of Absaloms. There are some people who mean well but end up making a mess of things. And there are others who do not mean well having the sole purpose of benefiting themselves with no regards to those they will injure, damage, or destroy. Yet they seem to have this cunning ability to cover up their wickedness and make it appear as good. And this is not a gift from God. <laughs> it's from the other place. Such is the tragic story of Absalom. David's favorite son. He was the third son of the king, as you know, by Makkah, the daughter of King Ptolemy of Geshur, making him the royal descent to the throne. From both sides, he had kings behind his family. He was born in Hebron, David's first capital for seven and a half years under Judah. He was praised for his good looks, more than any other from the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head for there was no blemish in him we are told in Second Corinthians fourteen twenty three. he was just kind of one of these guys you know good looking you know he's just charismatic man he had all these outward appearances and the girls just kind of fainted but um, he was a rat Aslan would cut his hair yearly as you know and weigh it out at 200 shekels and that was his pride. He just loved to parade himself. He fathered three sons and one daughter. The one daughter he named Tamar after his sister, and she followed suit in her appearance. She was a beautiful woman. He had been left without restraint, no discipline, no correction throughout his life, and he was never confronted or acknowledged his sins. That's very, very dangerous. He was a child left to himself. He was the epitome of the pride of Satan, Lucifer. Listen to Ezekiel twenty-eight, fifteen: You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. Iniquity is found in us. You and I have such a potential for evil that if we do not walk in obedience to God in the Spirit... We will manifest that evil on various levels. It's not if, it's a matter of when. I am sure that being very aware of his beauty, his talent, his charisma, his right to sit on the throne of David, not to mention the admiration of the people, all cater to his ego. And you have known people like that, or maybe you know some now, or again, maybe it was yourself. And these people just walk around, and they just think they're the greatest thing since ice cream, you know? I mean, and and, and you see it, and you're almost embarrassed for them, but they don't see it. I'm equally sure that seeing the favorite place and care that David gave to Solomon as he grew up, Aslan took note. And that even brought greater disdain to David because David never took time with the other kids or instructed them. And the Proverbs tells us that, that he instructed Solomon. His crimes were nurtured and bathed in pride, selfishness, and greed for power without any concern for anyone else. From the murder of Amnon to the overthrow of his father David from the throne. Absalom represents a very specific type of person in Scripture. One who would enter into the church to achieve his or her ends without regard for people bringing division within the church. There are people in Scripture that we have to note and we have to study and be good students of, lest we be taken in by them. Absaloms are inside the church, not outside the church. And so having said that, we want to examine the life of Absalom and we want to identify three things about Absalom-type people. First, the characteristics of Absaloms. We're going to look at these. Second, we'll go to the objectives of an Absalom. And third, we'll finish with the outcome of an Absalom characteristics, the objectives, and the end of Absalom. Let's begin with the characteristics of an Absalom. We begin here in chapter 13. Absaloms are patient individuals when it comes to achieving their ends. Here in chapter 13, verse 21 and 22, when King David heard of the rape of Tamar by Amnon, he was very angry but did nothing, as you know, And it says, and Aslan spoke to his brother Amnon neither good nor bad, for Aslan hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. They are very patient people. They have that canny ability to put on a convincing act nor miss opportunities, they never miss a beat. In verse 23 to 29, we read next that after two full years, Absalom ordered the slain of Amnon as he invited all the king's sons to the feast at Belhazor. And he commanded his servants there in verse 28 to watch him, to give the very order to kill Amnon when his heart was merry with wine. Half-brother, he's there, and he gives the order without any qualms. Athens are heartless, treacherous. In fact, he exhorted them to not be afraid there in 28. Have I not commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. See, these people have a a mastery of manipulating people and involving their evil and wrapping it in God and to encourage people. I'm speaking from 36 years of walking with God. I'm speaking of, with 33 years in ministry. I'm speaking, if you can get into my mind to hear and to know all the people that have gone this way and have destroyed others and themselves. It's a heartbreak. Another characteristic of absence is they are students of people. In chapter 13, verse 36 through 39. Absalom knew David's weakness in confronting and holding his children accountable. Also, that time would regain him favor with David, his father. And he was right. Even as it declares, remember, he killed Amnon, and then he took off to his grandfather's house. So David lamented the death of Amnon as Absalom fled to his grandfather, the king of Geshur. But after three years, David longed for Absalom. In chapter fourteen, verse twenty-four and twenty-eight, this is brought about as Joab saw David's concern. Remember about Absalom, and he sent a woman from Tekoa to plead fictitiously for her son who had killed her other son, that his life would not would be spared by the family. And then she turned the tables on David, declaring that he ought to be a doer of what he had declared that judgment. And so Absalom was allowed to return to Jerusalem, but he could not see the face of his father for two years. But Absalom knew his father. He knew how to work him. Third characteristic is found in chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. Absaloms are obsessed with power. Look at verse 1. They love to be in control and display power. Asked provided himself with chariots and 50 horsemen to run before him. He's just kind of this macho man guy, you know, just out there. Presenting himself as a proficient heir to the throne. Look at me, look at me. These people do not miss an opportunity. One that was among the people. Not like his father, remember? His father had kind of recluse a little more and he's out there every day. Look at verse 2. They loved to be seen and heard, even as he rose up early and stood by the gate. The gate, as you know, the city is where they always uh, uh, presented civil suits and cases. And the king and the elders made judgments there. That's where the government actually was. Exercise and perform there. Uh, you remember, the lot sat at the gate of the city of Sodom as a judge in Genesis 19-1. He looked to the fields of, of Sodom and Gomorrah that were well green and watered, and then next he's in the city, and before you know it, he's a judge of the city. He's since always progressive. It, it, you don't just say, well, I'll only go so far and that's it. it. It's always progressive. You remember, Boaz went to the gate of the city, and there he redeemed Ruth and Ruth chapter 4, as he made his case before the elders. Now notice verse 2 here. They love to be thought as loving, but also to be told that they're loving, basking in the glory of people around them, but they are not a people person. They They use people being shallow in relationships and commitment. They could care less about people They're very superficial. They're very selfish. They're into themselves. As you're talking to them, you can tell they're not paying attention. Another characteristic is found there in verse 3 and 4. Absalons exalt themselves by undermining the existing authority. In verse 3, they affirm the needs of the people while at the same time pointing out the flaws and insinuate the lack of care by the existing leadership to undermine their authority. Listen. Verse 3. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your case is good and right, but there's no deputy of the king to hear you. Hmm. Hassan. Their masters. Look at 4. They declare that if they were in authority... They would do a better job, given the idea that they care for the people more than the present authority. Listen to them. Moreover, Asam would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or case or cause would come to me, then I would give him justice. Yes, wisdom resides in me. And when I die, that's it. Wisdom's gone. Joe told that to his friends. <laughs> They're masters. God doesn't call us sheep because we're smart. You may feel insulted, but that's God's truth to you. Sheep are dumb. And they smell. And if sheep are in a group and one of them turns around, he'll freak out. Where did I go? He thinks he's lost. They're right behind him. Sheep are very vulnerable and they're taken advantage of. Learn that simple fact. Do not be offended. Be wise and understand that you're just like a sheep. Another characteristic is found in verse 5 there of chapter 15. Absalom's use flattery and play on um, people's emotions. They give an opportunity in verse 5 or an appearance of genuine concern by their seeming tender affection while having ulterior motives. And so it was, it says in verse 5, whenever anyone came near to bow down to him and he would put out his hand and take them and kiss them. (sighs) Wow. They appear to be so humble, but are not. These individuals are hypocrites in reality acting out their part. Listen to Proverbs 20, verse 11. Even a child is known by his doings whether his works be pure and whether it be right. If you're a student, you look at people and you pay attention to life, you're going to catch things. My experience has been that when people give an appearance of being overly humble, they usually are not another characteristic is found first in 14 then in 15 absalons are masters at timing at timing 1433 they execute their plan through their position of privilege even as absalom planned took full swing after David had allowed Absalom to see his face. It didn't take long for Absalom to begin his systematic plot to overthrow his father David. A treacherous betrayal which some believe went on unsuspectedly and undetected, but I rather believe it was ignored as everything else about Absalom on the side of David. He just ignored it. You know, there's some parents like that. You know, your kids, oh, not my kid. Yeah, your kid. Now, Johnny's a good boy. Listen, the only thing that holds up his halo is his horns. And some parents are just oblivious or indifferent. Verse 33 says, So Joab went to the king and told him, and when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. Then the king kissed Absalom. He takes that position and he's being treacherous to his father. He already knows what he wants to accomplish. You understand? These are Absaloms. They know what they're doing. They're not innocent, they're not ignorant. Look at verse 7 of chapter 15. They count on the consistent gullibility and blind trust of individuals, as it says, after four years, not 40 before. Absalom petitioned David to go to Hebron to pay a vow to cover up his overthrow. These individuals have an air of being very spiritual, but they're not. He mixes his corrupt treachery with God. And I have seen this, I have witnessed this by people who are supposed to be spiritual, even pastors. Do they not remember that God's on the throne? They lost the fear of God. It's amazing to me. These individuals are heartless, yet so charismatic in personality. They don't care about anybody but themselves. And it's people who get destroyed, as we'll see throughout the study. These are some of the characteristics of an absalom. Mark them well. Now, let's look to the objectives of an absalom. Next, in chapter fifteen, verse six, Absalom's attempt to create this unity where there is unity, bringing division. It says Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. This is one of their objectives. To create this unity. He stole the hearts of the men of Israel. By presenting himself as interested in the people. But he was not. By undermining others in authority. Manipulating the people. And by exalting self in order to gain authority over the people. These are absolutely. That's their objective. Proverbs twenty six twenty eight says, A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. How many people have been destroyed by the tongue, by the mouth because of envy, greed, whatever, jealousy, whatever? You fill in the blank. And I'm talking in the church. Forget the world. The world is lost. They can do nothing but sin. But I'm talking in the church. Second objective, if you find in chapter 15, verse 12 and 31, Absalom's turned loyal friendships against each other. In, in verse 12, there, Absalom sent for Hithophel, the Gileadite, David's counselor, as he was offering sacrifice. What a contradiction to be worshiping God and being involved in a treacherous overthrow of God's chosen king. It works not only by Absalom, but the people that they choose. Absalom was not the chosen king. David is suffering consequences. God has forgiven him and judged him, and he's got to deal with that. But nevertheless, David was still the anointed king. You understand? Absalom took advantage of Ahithophel's disappointment and bitterness towards David to pull him into the conspiracy. Now, Absalom is a manipulator, opportunist. But Ahithophel has his responsibility too, right? Now, I don't know how all that works out in the judgment of God, but I know that each one has his part. One more than the other. And God can wade through all that stuff. Look at 12 still. The conspiracy grew stronger and continually increased. See division, Just as it always does as an undercurrent through divisive people, As ministry is going on, abstinence are in the church, dividing, trying to divide, trying to make disunity. They they feed on it. It is fed by the people's carnality and gullibility. They are excellent observers of carnal people. (laughs) They can suck in. Verse 31 of chapter 15 gives us the effects of betrayal by close friends. And it's always painful and devastating, yet one must trust God for it when it happens. Listen to the verse. Then someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O oh Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And David records this in Psalm fifty-five, twelve 12 through 14. For it is not an enemy who reproached me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together. We walked to the house of God and long. And so David prayed, Lord, confuse the counsel of Ahithophel. And God did that. Though David was suffering consequence for his past sins, God honored the prayer because God had forgiven him and he knew that Ahithophel was wrong. Wow. It's hard when someone who is close to you, that's why it's called treachery. See, if someone, you go buy a car and somebody rips you off, he rips you off. That's not treachery. He's just a thief. He got over on you. But when someone close to your wife, your husband, a brother, a sister who's close, betrays you, that's treachery because you've let him in. You understand? You've trusted him completely. That's what makes it treacherous. When those things happen, they will happen. You must trust God. You must go to God. Okay? You have one of two options, ladies and gentlemen, in life. Either you will turn to God and get better, or you will turn away from God and get better. One of the two. You have the choice which one, but you do not have the choice once you've made the choice. Don't get sucked into all the junk. You be the church. You be that example. You be part of the solution, not part of the problem.
0: Pastor Xavier Rees, illustrating with the example of Absalom, the progression of the destructive actions of those that seek to cause division in the church. And you can find this program online to hear any part you may have missed. Just browse for today's date in the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And today's study carries the title, Beware of Absaloms, and is available on CD upon request for just $4. And make sure you pass on this study to a friend in your church or Bible study when you're through. Once again, the title to ask for is Beware of Absaloms, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com